to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer, host of this program, and uh, we are glad that you are listening. We like to highlight uh, all the good things going on in the local Catholic world, and uh, every now and then we have a repeat guest, and then we also have some guests who I'm so intrigued by what they're doing that it seems like I, I talk to them on a pretty regular basis, and that is the case today. Uh, because my guest is Nancy Ward, whom I have interviewed many, many times. In fact, Nancy and I go way back. I've known her since I was a little tiny boy. And so she's been a family friend for many years. And it's great to, to reconnect with her every now and then and talk about uh, the, da- the DFW Catholic Writers Group that she founded. And let me give you her bio, and then we'll uh, start talking with Nancy and find out uh, what's going on. Uh, with the DFW Writers Group, especially in light of the pandemic and all the all the things that are kind of hampering a lot of groups. Uh, Nancy's a convert, a journalist, a speaker, and she's also author of a great book called Sharing Your Catholic Faith Story, Tools, Tips, and Testimonies. It's on DVD as well. Uh, she gives evangelization talks, workshops, and retreats to Catholic organizations, telling her conversion story and equipping others to evangelize. She's a contributor to CatholicMom.com and the award-winning The Catholic Mom's Prayer Companion, a book of daily reflections. She facilitates the DFW Catholic Writers as well as Catholic Writers Guild Critique Group and speaks at writers' conferences. Uh, Her website is NancyHCWard.com and also JoyAlive.net and the new Facebook group called Your Catholic story. Wow, that seems like it could be an interview in itself, but now we haven't even heard from her yet. Nancy, uh, thanks for being on the program today. So good to be with you again, Dave. Yeah, so how are you holding up during the this time of pandemic and craziness and snowmageddon and everything? Everything going okay overall? Yeah, I've learned, I've learned a lot about Zoom, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think we all have. Uh, Nancy, tell us about uh, the DFW Catholic Writers Group. Uh, when did it begin, and maybe what inspired you to begin it in the first place? Uh, the DFW Catholic Writers has their origins in the national organization, professional organization, the Catholic Writers Guild. Now, the Guild is a uh, an international, really. Uh, professional organization, you know, writers and editors and even artists. And, and, and their goal is to build a vibrant Catholic uh, literary and artistic community. So, you know, it's, it's there to encourage each other, you know, to create and, and publish and, and share our work and that reflect uh, the core Catholic values. So there are, it's all, the members are all practicing Catholic writers or editors. So that's where it came from. And they have... Um, among the guild activities, they have a uh, annual uh, writers uh, uh, conference in conjunction with the Catholic Marketing Network, which you're probably familiar with. Oh yeah, definitely. And the yes. Marketing, yeah, the Catholic Marketing has a, a trade show every year, and only one time have they had it in Dallas. In fact, my first interview with you, Dave, was to promote this event which was way back in 2012. Uh, I came on before the, you know, a week or two before to kind of promote the Catholic Writers Conference and the trade show. And I didn't realize when I interviewed with you that this trade show would become the, such a, would become so monumental in establishing this writers group. 
because when I was at the Writers' Conference, I just kind of spontaneously got up at uh, the, the meeting, and they said, does anybody have anything to share or any questions? I asked who would be interested in starting a local group. So that was, uh, that was really the beginning of the um, DFW Catholic Writers. Yeah, so did you get uh, an immediate positive response at that time, or what was the response back in 2012? Well, what I did was I said, okay, after this session, when, at the next break, I said, whoever's interested, come and meet me out in this hallway. <laughs> so yeah. I collected probably maybe 20 cards or, or contact information, and a couple of weeks later, uh, four of them showed up at my house for an organizational meeting. Uh, to you know, to f- figure out the structure of it. So at first, it was a very small core group. We have probably have, oh, gosh, I don't know how many on on the list now. And not everyone comes to every meeting. But uh, we started out meeting, at, trying out different uh, bookstores to, to meet in, and trying to find one that would really meet our needs. And we, and then we settled at Sacred Heart Books and Gifts, uh, especially uh, what happened was they. Do you remember when they expanded and? Uh, they're off their uh, space yeah. uh, a few years ago. Yeah. That's when they put in that resource room. So Nikki White asked us if we would like to meet there, and that was just a wonderful place because, you know, we're all writers, and we, we browse the bookstore, and she just is so gracious to us. And in fact, you know, I, I launched my Sharing Your Face Story DVD there and with a live broadcast with you, Yeah, Dave, I remember that, yes. In fact, we've had we've had we've had some of the contributing writers uh, on with us as well. I remember Rob Rob, Rob, like Roll. Rob Roll, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, and, and, and you launched your book there too. I did, yeah. About I, the same time. Right. Was, uh, that was such an exciting time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I can't wait till, um, you know, everybody gets back to in-person meetings and, you know, the, the Zoom just isn't the same. Uh, so tell us about that. Are you having meetings now? What do you do at meetings? Are, are there, is there hope of in-person meetings in 2021 or, or, or what? Well, that is, we have not been having meetings because even with social dis- distancing, Nikki says we can only have four people, possibly squeeze in five. And, and, and who, do you, who are you going to, when the next person comes in, who are you going to turn away? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just really hard to decide. How you, if you have first come, first serve, and somebody's, some of them come from a long way, like Denton or uh, not Fort Worth, but Arlington, places like that, and if they show up late and there's no more room, I just can't, I just don't feel right about doing that. So we have not been meeting, and of course I've, I've, I've everybody's got other, other things they're doing, uh, but um, we we just Lisa Nicholas and I just said we need to have something online, no matter when uh, we can, you know, the social distancing. We'll have to wait till social distancing goes away, and that might be a long time. Yeah. So, so we was- decided that we would, you know. Try to go online. So, yeah. tell us uh, what 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 yeah. defines a Catholic writer? Is it a Catholic who writes, or is it a writer who writes about Catholic things? Or what's a Catholic writer who can come? Oh, it, it can be both. Yes, if you're if you're a, if you're writing, if you're a Catholic and you're writing about Catholic um, workshops or educational or theology or anything like that. But if you're writing, uh, say, a novel on a Catholic theme like pro life. Or something like that, or even a science fiction or a poem. 
if it has to do with maybe um, if, if even if your characters don't even even have to be Catholic, as long as it does doesn't not go against the magisterium of the church, or which is kind of the definition of the Catholic Writers Guild, which is our um, national organization that we're affiliated with. And so, take take us through how do uh, members and you know when you, and you when you did have meetings, uh, how do they help each other? What's the 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 process? What does a meeting look like? Well, we discuss writing topics and very often we critique each other's um, work during the meeting. We we decided right at the beginning that we would not have any homework. It's not going to be a group where you take on some somebody else's big project and try to analyze it. Whatever whoever comes to the meeting, if they bring like excerpts from some from something they're writing that they want a little feedback on, uh, we we do that at the meeting. Mostly we share resources and we network about marketing. So we can promote each other's work on social media and that would remain the same online. We can certainly do that. And we could probably do a little critiquing with the share screen mode, but I'm not sure how, how that's going to work. It may change the it may change the dynamics of the meeting a little bit because um, we probably have a lot more people that would could, could come in four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we couldn't do the critiquing quite as easily. Yeah, as we would. If we're all sitting around a table. Uh, I know you said we, about we do, the, we do whatever the majority wants. Yeah. The challenges of uh, in-person meetings right now, well, as you explained. Uh, ha- now, did you say, have you had um, the Zoom meetings, and um, are you planning on any of those? Or what, what's, what's, what's coming up in 2021, and, and how, how might online groups be different? Well, in the same way that I got up at, at the Catholic Market Day, we said, okay, who wants to, who wants to meet? Who wants to have this group? I'm, I've sent out um, emails to everyone that's ever come to our DFW Catholic meeting, which is quite a few people, and said, would you like to go online with us for now? Because it doesn't look very promising that we're going to be able to meet it in, in person uh, anytime in, in the next few months. So I just sent that out last week. So I'm waiting to see. I've gotten a pretty good response from it. But the thing about it is what we need, we need, we need people that want to be, belong to it, which is I don't think we'll have any problem with that. Uh, but what we're what, what I'm needing right now, my preference would be to find someone in that wants to be in this group that has a Zoom plan that that has the capacity of a group meeting for more than 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, like once to set it up for us once a month at a certain time. Set it up, you know, like two one and a half to two hour meeting. So that's where I'm right now. Um, the people that have responded so far ha- do not have that capacity. Now, see, we don't have dues or anything. There's no due, what the Catholic Writers Guild does, but the local group has no dues because we have no expenses. So we want to keep it that way. We don't want to start charging people for the meeting so that we can afford to have a Zoom plan. I mean, that just seems like that would be counterproductive to our wanting to just to be a volunteer group. So we're just kind of praying that somebody will come forward and and say yes i want to be in this group and i want to be online and i'll set the i'll set the meetings up once a month on my zoom plan that's what i'm really after right now 
So we'll just see what what the what the Lord does with that prayer. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe some of these people are listening to this broadcast, and we'll get in in touch with you. Uh, again, Nancy Ward is my guest. Uh, her book is called Sharing Your Catholic Faith Story, Tools, Tips, and Testimonials. It's also on DVD. And we're talking about the DFW Catholic Writers, and uh, her plan is to meet monthly online through Zoom. She's looking for somebody that has a Zoom plan that uh, can have meetings more than 40 or 45 minutes in, in, in length. And um, let's see, you know, do you, do you have... Uh, you said that you've had a lot of people that have come to the meetings over the the, the years since you first had the idea in 2012. Uh, anything's come to mind as far as real significant ways that members have helped each other and perhaps somebody had a, a breakthrough book or you know found some success with a book that they wrote because of the help that they got? Uh, anything come to mind like that or, or ways that people have told you they've been blessed by the group itself? Oh, yes, we've had several um, authors. Well, I've published, you've published, we've been yeah. there. We have editors that get, um, we, have, we have several professional editors in our group. That's why we don't have Homer, because they would get all the stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> at home that, that have just, uh, their, their businesses have really expanded just because they come to the meeting and they give us ideas and people tell, not so much from the member, but they, people, the word gets out what good editors they are, and they have gotten that. And uh, let's see, um, what is the name of that man that published his book? He, we, we edited his book a little along, um, I can't think of his name right now. Mm. Yeah. He, he's the one who had that story about that his house burned down. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, John Krasomik, yeah, he. I know who you're talking about, Uh yeah. Uh, he's been a yeah, volunteer. He's, he's from me. Uh, he wrote about this house burning down in Indiana. Kostomik, uh, uh, yeah. I think it's something like that. I forget his last name exactly, but John's uh, his first name. Yeah, Komastek, oh, yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one I can think of. Oh, yeah, that's and, awesome. There's a, there's a couple of uh, students that have come. Uh, there's a student group that spin off at UD. There's the UD um, Catholic Writers, Dallas Fort Worth Catholic Writers. UD Catholic Writers. And the ones that, since our meeting is, is usually in the daytime, we won't probably won't do that with a Zoom. We'll probably do it at night. But we've had some of the students come, and they they do some publishing among their group. And so we've had some a couple of those that have come, and we've really enjoyed having them come and share what they're working on. So that's another that's another way of, of publishing. Yeah, and, and I- of course. We, there's so much wealth of knowledge in, in this, this membership about self-publishing. I mean, just Lisa alone, Nicholas alone, and, and my experience, and Brandy Miller, all of those people there, they do all of that as a profession, in a professional way. And so just, um, they helped a lot of people that, like one guy writes in magazine articles, Chuck Newberger, yeah. Uh, he does that, and so he's gotten quite a few things published because of of our help input and giving him another another viewpoint on his work. So there's been a lot of people over the years. Yeah, I've really, I've really, uh, <laughs> I've benefited from it, and I know you have too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly have. I, I enjoyed the critique that uh, and the advice, like you say, from people who you know come from different walks of life and have different uh, you know skill sets. Uh, Nancy, let, let's uh, direct people 
to where they go and uh, the Catholic Writers Guild itself? Is there a website? Is there a, uh, a fee? Uh, how could people join that if they were, if were so inclined? Yes, uh, that's, yeah, that's CatholicWritersGuild.com. The dues are $40 a year. <laughs> big, big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's free for priests and deacons and other religious, so there's that. The DFW uh, Catholic Writers website uh, is, okay, it's dfwcwg.blogspot.com. Okay, and that stands DFW for DFW Catholic DFW. Writers Group. So DFW Catholic Writers yeah. Group dot blogspot.com, but just, yeah, those letters, DFWCWG. All right, and yeah. we'll remind everybody of that uh, at the end of the interview. We Believe it or not, we're running out of yeah, time yeah. already. And oh, what's okay. the relationship between the two groups? Do you have to join the guild to be in the Catholic Writers, or, or, or yes or no? You don't. You, you, can, you can come to the local group without joining the uh, parent group. Okay. And yeah. again, CatholicWritersGuild.com and then DFWCWG.blogspot.com. Uh, Nancy, so if, if somebody is listening now and they would like to participate in your monthly meetings, uh, maybe Zoom for now and then eventually getting back in, in person, uh, well, what should they do or how should they contact you? Well, they can go to our, um, we have Facebook, we can go to the, the blog spot, DFW blog spot uh, there, they can go to DFW Catholic Writers Facebook group or they can email me at nancyhcward at verizon.net. Okay, so it's very similar to your website. So Nancy nancyhcward at verizon.net. And, um, yeah. okay, and... Let's see. And uh, again, I just want to remind everybody, in talking to Nancy Ward, uh, her book, uh, Sharing Your Catholic Faith Story, is really good. And it's got a lot of different testimonies. I think you're going to find it very interesting. It's kind of like uh, Patrick Madrid's Surprised by Truth, uh, where you get to read a lot of individual testimonial stories. And it's also on DVD as well. And uh, Nancy, I know that you'd probably love to get out and about and and speak at at parishes. There's quite limited opportunities these days for that. But uh, once things open up again, would you like to get out and uh, speak and and get back on that that kind of uh, work to promote what you're doing? I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I really enjoy sharing my conversion story as I did in the book, and uh, you know, equipping. Catholics to really know how to evangelize by sharing their stories, which the book goes step by step through how you do that. But when you have a workshop of, you know, a parish or a Catholic organization, then they kind of get some hands-on experiences on kind of how to start doing that. And it's very, uh, very well received. And it just really makes my day. Yeah. <laughs> I love to do that. Yeah, that, that, that. that certainly is the case. And um, I, I enjoyed the, the, the book a lot, and I hope you are able to get out and about. Um, again, if somebody is interested in getting in touch with Nancy, uh, you can email her directly, nancyhcward at verizon.net, nancyhcward at verizon.net. And uh, I'm wondering, have you, you know, the irony of your not being able to have many meetings is do you find that the more people are kind of locked in their house and not being able to do things, the perhaps the more time they have to 
follow that inspiration of writing the book that they've always been able to write? I mean, this is a good time to be a writer, isn't it? I just think that, that some of these members are going to contact me and say, hey, I finished my book, or I finished two books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they've been, I'm sure they've been working. I know Lisa Nicholas has. She's got all kinds of projects. She's kind of my, she's kind of my co-facilitator there, uh, and um, she's done a lot of stuff. I haven't written anything new. I've done a lot of um, a lot of other things during the pandemic, but I haven't. I'm not writing anything new because I'm still collecting the stories on uh, my joyalive.net and on my Facebook group, Your Catholic Story. So there may I may eventually publish uh, another series of stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting quite a few there. I do publish them on my, a short version of them on my joyalive.net. So I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Nancy. I, I, I love to follow what you're doing, and you always seem to have, you know, some other big plans. And I, I think you've, you've helped so many people accomplish their goal of being a writer because I know the idea of writing and actually doing it are two different things. And sometimes we need help and we need, you know, a support system. And that's exactly what you're providing with this uh, writer's group. Uh, so Nancy, I'm going to just give out your contact information one more time and then just give you the last word. If there's anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners uh, that we haven't touched on already, uh, you can contact Nancy Ward at Nancy. N-C-H-C Ward, W-A-R-D, at Verizon.net. So that's Nancy H.C. Ward at Verizon.net. Uh, anything else, uh, Nancy, before we say goodbye? I would just like encourage, to encourage people to journal their uh, conversion story or their renewal story and, and just think about becoming a what I call a, an evangelist on paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not and just you in can, your mind, right? Yeah, yeah, and you can publish that with me in in, in the on the blog, and we can help you get if, if it turns into a book. The the writers uh, DFW Writers Group can help you with that. We've got editors and artists and all kinds of different helpers that can help you do that. But just really pray about whether you're supposed to evangelize through your story. Yeah. Let me ask you one more off-the-wall off question that just popped into my mind. I kind of know the answer to this when my own experience in writing, but uh, people may be wondering, can, can you make any money writing a book? Uh, and not that that's the reason why you do it, but uh, is, is this an environment right now where people can, you know, do this for a living or a good part, part-time income? Or, or what would you think about that? You can, you can go get a part-time income if you're in the right um Genre, for example, right now, what they're looking for, publishers are looking for, are young adult fiction, or young adult books, and, and children's books are pretty big right now. As far as uh, some of the other uh, types of writing, I'm not real sure about sci-fi or um, romance novels. They usually sell pretty well. And then there's so many books out on, um, you know, how to grow your faith, and that's, a, that's a, always a topic. It just depends on the publishing uh, companies are getting fewer and far between these days, and I won't say that you could make a full-time uh, salary writing right now. You, you kind of need to keep your day job, <laughs> but you can, have, uh, you, can, you can freelance with some of the uh, places, 
I could start out by freelancing with, like, say, a magazine. Yeah. Writing short things like that, and 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 start networking and get a web, do some blogging and things like that. But it would take a, it would take a couple of years to really get into the, uh, with any with the publishers. Of yeah. course, the Catholic Writers Guild has these online conferences and the live conferences with the trade show, and you go to those and you'll just get very much inspired and you'll meet the publishers. Yeah. Those type of things. Yeah. All right, Nancy, we're a little over time, so I got to let you go, but I do appreciate very much speaking with you and thank you for what you're doing. Uh, Nancy Ward uh, with the DFW Catholic Writers Group. Uh, you can contact her, Nancy H C Ward at Verizon.net. Thanks, Nancy. Good talking with you. Thank you, Dave. God bless you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. And if you have ideas for future interviews of the week, you can contact me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hello, I'm Larry Lindzen. David Walker and I represent Catholic Life Insurance in North Texas and are sponsors of this great station. Do you have questions about your life insurance or your retirement plan options? We can share some ideas with you and also some options. We can be reached at 214-274-3236. Again, 214-274-3236. Thank you for listening to Catholic Radio and supporting KATH 910 AM. Help support Catholic education. St. Andrew Catholic School in Fort Worth will have their 23rd annual auction on Saturday, March 27th at 7 p.m. This year's theme is Be the Light. Due to the current circumstances, this year's gala will be virtual. Auction items include a trip to the Bahamas, an in-home wine tasting, and restaurant gift cards. Please RSVP by going to standrew-auction.com. For more information about the virtual auction, please call 817-924-8917. Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. My name is Dave Palmer, Cecil Anderson behind the glass, running the board, and uh, I'm delighted to have in studio with me Father Martin Castaneda, uh, who currently is serving as the uh, administ- the pastoral administrator of St. Mary's Parish in Sherman, Texas, up in the northern part of the Dallas Diocese. Also has a wonderful school, St. Mary's Catholic School there, K-3 through 8th grade, which we'll talk about as well. And uh, his vocation, his call to the priesthood, and uh, just some of the interesting things that are happening up in Sherman in the Catholic community. So, uh, welcome, Father. Thanks for being here. Dave, thanks for having me back out. Yeah, this is not my first time on the radio with you. I think this is my now my third time with you, and I yeah. appreciate you all bringing me back out. Yeah, most of the time people don't come back after <laughs> I, they have such a, a horrible experience. <laughs> no, I Actually, uh, I've had great experiences with y'all, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. you uh, every vocation is unique and interesting, and uh, you know God calls people at different times, but your, yours is interesting. Tell our listeners, for those who do not know about your story, about your call to the priesthood. Uh, you were what? With air quotes, a, a late vocation, right? Absolutely late vocation. Yeah, it's about the latest you can possibly get. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's a lifetime of conversion, a lifetime of journeying with Christ, and um, and how he he calls us. You know, he calls us in different parts of our lives, and yet we say no to him. And I think that was me throughout most of my twenties, and in my mid thirties, I went on a retreat. It's called Christ Renews His Parish. Yeah, retreat. definitely. And St. Thomas Aquinas, it was the very first time that 
they had that retreat. And that's in during that retreat is where my interest in growing more and this thirst to know Christ more happened at that retreat. And so he set me on this nine year journey, right? And at 41 is when he finally called me and said, you know, and it was actually now Bishop Kelly, who was, uh, I don't know what his position was back there. It was just a priest, but he interviewed me. I went on a retreat called a vocations retreat. And just because I had this calling, I didn't know what it was. I so wanted to be a deacon, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my interviews was with, with now Bishop Kelly, and he asked me one question. He said, has anybody ever asked you to be a priest? Mm. And I said, yeah. If you're asking me, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at, at the age of eight, when I made my first Holy Communion, uh, my pastor, the pastor of the church in, in El Paso told my mom that one day I would be a priest. Oh, is that right? And, yeah. And your mom told you that at that age? Or, oh, or no, what? I remember having that conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. And here, late, years later, while I'm in the seminary, uh, for one semester, that priest was my spiritual director. Oh, that right. And he remembers our conversation. Oh, wow, yeah, wow. So and, you know, some people may say, oh, you've missed your call in all these, you know, these decades. But in many ways, I'm sure yeah. as you look back, you gained some valuable experience as a layman to prepare yourself for the priesthood. Yeah, absolutely. So all the skills that I learned, Dave, whether it be in the business world, uh, the finance world, the everything has just literally put itself to use uh, as a and as um, pastoral administrator, having to work with all the finances of the church, um, construction of the church, remodeling of different areas, and it, all of the my worldly experiences have really have just you know come to use right now in the church, and it's kind of an, a really awesome experience because we're doing what's called a leadership program right now. And in the past, I help run a leadership program for Dallas, and right now I'm in the process of grooming. Our, our seminarian in leadership and helping him grow so the next generation will continue to build leaders. And we're building leaders within our church, within our individual uh, groups that we have. We're making sure that we have strong leaders in all of our different communities that we, we service. Yeah. yeah. You know, we expect a lot of out of our priests. You know, right. we want you to be really friendly and engaging and a great homilist mm-hmm. and great with the kids and, you know, uh, good in finances and counseling. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it's, uh, how how is it? Uh, and I guess leadership has a lot to do with that because you're going to have a staff that you have to lead and inspire. And so what what are the keys or what do you pass along to this uh, young, young uh, priest that you're mentoring? Right. So it is not just... Um, ministering to the staff office, right? So each of our ministries that we have have to have a strong leader, right? And we empower this leader, right, to take on the responsibilities of of owning whatever happens here in this ministry. But not just that, but he also helps others grow up the chain to lead. So how we have this – we have this um, – this little running joke is I'm planning my retirement through you, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so, uh, Kevin happens to be the seminarian that is currently with us. And, and I, and I joke quite a bit, but I'm really serious that if we can build up leaders, right? We plan our own retirement and yeah. it gives, gives us the freedom to move on to, to something else. 
Because if we stay too long in a certain area, we become stagnant and mm-hmm. we don't grow. Yeah. And so the idea is that we build up leaders so we can then move on to do something else, yeah. right? So then we can then continue to grow ourselves both spiritually and um, and physically now. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, both spiritually. Yeah, we want to grow spiritually. I, I, yeah, I was yeah. growing physically before Lent, and now I'm starting to trim down again <laughs> with all the fasting. Uh, Father Martin Castaneda, yeah. my guest, uh, the uh, Procure uh, Administrator, is that right? I got that title. I want to say pastor, but uh, Procure Administrator there at St. Mary's uh, Parish in Sherman. Uh, tell us, about, many people, because it's a little off the beaten path. I used right. to live in Denison, so I'm familiar with Sherman, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening have never visited the parish. They don't know what it looks like. Tell, tell us uh, what's what's unique and interesting about uh, that parish community. Well, if you ever wanted to see a, an old church, right? So we have two. We have St. Mary's um, Parish, Catholic Parish Church, which was built in 1905. But we got our start in 18. 18- uh, I want to say 1879 is the number. You that, say we like you were there. Huh? Right, yeah, you know, because <laughs> you take ownership of it, right? Yeah, and it becomes, yeah. You're part of it. And so that's how I'm, I, I give myself fully to this and I take ownership of it, right? <laughs> so it still has the old high altars and it has the old stained glass windows and it's just the hardwood floors and the hardwood benches. It's just, it's absolutely breathtaking in yeah. there. And then a few years – well, it's very small. That one holds about 225 people, 250. So ac- directly across the street, we built a sister parish, and it's called St. Anne's Catholic Parish, right? Mm. We still use the, the – the church is called St. Anne's. Um, and that one holds about 945 families, and that's only about 11 to 12 years old mm. right now. It's a little confusing for yeah. people when they drive up, where do I go to church? We use St. Mary's daily for daily mass, and we use it for a lot of the weddings because they want that old look, yeah. you know, old-fashioned type stuff, and it's absolutely breathtaking for weddings. And then across the street, not it is also breathtaking, equally as breathtaking, but it is a, a much larger type parish. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. interesting. I have not seen either of them. I need to take a trip up there and, yeah. and visit them. Is it a growing community, Catholic and otherwise? Yeah. Is there a lot of growth there in Sherman? Absolutely. So in the little time that I've been there, so I started here in July of 2019. We had 845 registered families. Uh, currently, we have 1,146 registered families. Oh, wow. So in just the little year and a half that I've been there, it has already grown. Um, and it continues to grow. As people are moving from McKinney, uh, they're moving north uh, because you get a, a bigger house, a lower price. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, but it's not just that. You know, we we have a great school system. As you mentioned earlier, we have a K three through eighth grade that is phenomenal and leading the area in uh, scholasticism. And um, now we're we're moving towards robotics in our our school. Yeah. Tell us about some of the new, um, you've got a smart lab, uh, music, arts, robotics. It seems like there's a lot of things uh, uh, happening with the school. Right. So immediately when I arrived in July of 2019, uh, we put in what's called a smart lab. And a smart lab is one of the areas where your, your kids can grow in not only in technology, 
But we've we've advanced it, and now we're we're creating a art program through it, and so we can compete not with Guadalupe Radio on a much smaller <laughs> level. Nobody competes with Guadalupe Radio. <laughs> no, no, on a much smaller yeah. level, our kids are doing their own little podcasts. Oh, is that right? right? Oh, yeah, that's neat. So, that's neat. Um, but they're also creating and editing music on on a computer. Uh, I had a kid last year that created a piano out of two wires. And a wristband of foil and a piece of paper. He created wow. a piano and was able to play a piano as if you were on a style. We should have some of them come and visit the studio. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we'd yeah. love to have you over to our little yeah, mini studio. Yeah, we can come how's up that, there. How's yeah, that? We yeah. can bring our. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be great. We'd love to visit. Yeah, uh, so you can see it firsthand. Um, but they're they're expanding in photography. We're one of the only elementary schools that actually have a orchestra. So our kids are phenomenal. Last year, we invited the bishop, the bishop, the uh, mayor to come out, coffee with the mayor at in, McKin- in uh, Sherman, and these kids played for him. I was blown away at their talent mm. and how they it, they just. And I used to be an orchestra myself, yeah. so I'm very familiar with orchestra. But yeah, they just blew my socks off, and I was just amazed of how these kids are extremely talented in our schools. So, yeah. yeah, is it a tough balancing act uh, to run the parish? Uh, you're mentoring a priest, running a school, uh, the staff in both sides. Uh, uh, how, how do you balance it all? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, you just could, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you balance it all with him. Honestly, when you abandon yourself to the Lord, he gives you the strength to do what you need to do, mm-hmm. right? And we do it in both languages, in English and Spanish, because like I said, we do have a community that is Hispanic. And so we we must service both communities. And so I give myself to both the communities equally. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's uh, the season of Lent, of course, yeah. and you all yeah. have a, a Lenten program with a theme of hunger, which uh, really speaks to me because I haven't had lunch yet today. So. <laughs> it speaks to a lot of people, I, I, Dave. I'm guessing you're not, I don't mean that kind of hunger, but uh, is that something you came up with? Well, you know, as, as it, not just me, uh, my team. So, and I, I have an associate pastor and a deacon, and yes, our seminarian, we sat down as a clergy and we're like, we need to come up with a theme. We need to get people back into the church. And we're doing really, really well. Our, our churches, even though we're doing social distancing and we're doing every other row, we're not open 100%. We're open up to 50%. Uh, we are rocking when it comes to our people. They are really responding and coming to the church. And I think that's one of the reasons we, we, our numbers are growing so fast because we are open and we are, we're focused on it and we keep adding more masses. Um, but yeah, so the idea is hunger, and what do you hunger for? Is we started off last um, couple of weeks, uh, last week, I guess. What do you hunger for? And we have a display, uh, a little scenery there in the in the parish, and there's a sack of rice that's turned over. There's a sack of beans that's turned over. There's some half eaten bread that's on there. And so I asked that question just randomly, and we had a bunch of kids in the in the church and they're all like, well, we hunger for beans, we hunger for rice. And, and, you know, they were joking, but yeah, but that's the, the mentality of people today. We mm-hmm. hunger for food. We hunger yeah. for fast food. We, we hunger for all these fast food restaurants, right? But how many of us say that we hunger for the Eucharist? Yeah. Right. How many of us actually say I hunger to have a relationship with Christ? Not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that. Um, there's a few. So, so what we did is we we started off our theme of hunger. So the very first thing is I put us all into the desert. I covered all the statues and I covered everything in the church. So it all has these purple draperies all over it, and that's usually a custom that we do. 
somewhere during Lent. Well, we started yeah. Ash Wednesday with it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And then we've, we've, each week we have a little card and in these cards are questions for you to meditate and grow on. So we started off with, have you opened your heart to Jesus? Do you desire an intimacy with, with, uh, Jesus? And what is your prayer life like? And then we moved over to this week, this past week, is um, have I had an encounter with Christ? Mm. Right? What prevents me from having encounters with Christ? And how can I say yes to Christ and yes to love? Right? And so these questions are thought are questions that you are we're asking our parishioners to meditate on over the week, right? To answer these questions and like, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not take a different path? Why not seek Christ in the face of temptation? Why not allow Christ to journey with you in your desert as you enter Lent? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's the one that conquered the serpent. He's the one that conquered the evil one in the desert. Why wouldn't I want to journey with him? And then once they've meditated on him, is there any way of sharing with each other or is there any, any kind of follow through or right. what, what so, do they do? What do they do with it? Yeah. So during our homilies, we, 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 we expand on it, and then we invite people to come in and speak with us on an yeah. individual basis because everybody has a different walk of life and a different area where they want to grow in. Yeah, so. that's really neat because I think it's so easy to just, you know, Ash Wednesday comes and you've got all these things you want to do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, and all of a sudden you blink your eye and it's Easter, and you're like, wow, what happened at Lent? And, right. uh, and it just kind of flies by so fast. So that's a, that's a neat program. Was that something that you created on your own, or is it part of a bigger effort that you're gathering from? Are you writing all the material and the questions yourself? We, as the pastoral team, yes, we are writing. We wrote our own questions, so we're done through Easter. We're already working at summer stuff. What are we going to do in terms of summer <laughs> stuff? So this was already done. Um, you laugh. I my house was decorated. Uh, my house was decorated for Christmas in October. <laughs> because I didn't want to miss the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to experience it myself. So it's not just me pouring out or my staff per- pouring out, but it's us also getting to receive mm-hmm. in, in this process. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I want to say that this was my idea. No, but it, 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 over my, my journey during seminary life, I was a, I was blessed to be in some of the major parishes in Dallas and each one of them I've taken a bit and pieces of where we've grown and how we've grown. And, you know, we refurbished it, made it our own. Yeah. So, yeah. That theme of hunger mm-hmm. tied into what we've been through the last year where mm-hmm. a lot of people started watching mass on TV. And right. I know now there's an effort as things are starting to loosen up a little bit. And right. the, the, now it's more like, hey, start to come back. Please come uh, back and yes. uh, do you fear that um, not only your parish, but maybe Catholics overall, maybe have lost a little bit of that hunger, are used to sitting on the couch and watching the <laughs> watching the, uh, the the mass. And now it's time to, to get back. Uh, oh, what, 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 what's your advice for the folks? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> my own family is that way, right? Uh, we become these couch walk, watching mass on, on, online, mm-hmm. and um, it's not the full effect. Why? Because you're not receiving Christ, right? You're, yeah. not re- you're receiving him spiritually, absolutely, hands down. We even do the spiritual communion prayer at the masses. Um, but you're not receiving the full bread of Christ, right? Yeah. So the, the body and blood of Christ. Um, and, and that's what I want people to hunger for. Because that's what Christ gave himself up with. It's the last sacrament that he gave mm-hmm. us. I mean, not sacrament, the last covenant that he gave us. 
he made that covenant with us that we would never have to hunger, right? And because he will give us the bread of life. He will give us our salvation, our thirst. What we thirst for, we thirst for him. And so um, it's funny that you say that. Our uh, Spoil alert, right? Uh, we're, we're doing a – our final card will have a clergy – not me. I think it'll be our associate will be wearing uh, his his Easter vestments, holding a piece of bread, and all you will see in his hands is the bread and his mm. chest. So you'll know it's a priest offering you. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. This bread. Right? That's neat. This salvation. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, uh, Father Martin Castaneda, my guest. We're down to a couple minutes here. Pa- sure. Pastoral administrator at Saint uh, Mary's Parish and Saint Anne's Parish, I guess, also. And and there's another parish you say that you also. Um, is there a, a, a third? A third. One? Yeah. yeah, a third. Well, Saint Mary's and Saint Anne's are the same. Okay, that's the same that's community. One, that's one parish. Right. Okay, but the other community is Whitesboro, and yeah. so we have Saint Francis of Assisi in Whitesboro, and that, I absolutely love that parish. It is a small country parish that is growing immensely in not growing in numbers but growing in their heart yeah. right, in the spiritual aspect and that one we actually had to move um, to an off-site to make sure that we could occupy everybody so we not only do mass in the church but we have in our community center we're having mass in our community center because we have that many people coming and so. how long physically geographically how separated are uh, it's about a 25 minute drive okay yeah, so yeah. you get do a lot of listening to catholic radio while you're yeah talking. absolutely <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me just close out and with an invitation for people who might want to check out the school <clears throat> maybe uh, even if they're not living in the uh, the the Sherman Denison area may come up for a weekend and check out the parish and see that beautiful architecture that you talked about and uh take in uh, a, a mass um what uh maybe mass times and also mm-hmm. also what can people do if they'd like to look into the school yeah so if you want to look into the school for sure check out our websites we we're in the process of changing them up and making them a, putting out all the different things that we're doing but Dave, you mentioned it's not just we don't just service the Sherman Denison area. Our kids actually come all the way from McKinney. We have a bus in McKinney, and we bus our kids up as far as Paris, Texas, that are busing kids. Oh, wow. And so we have was we're the only Catholic school north of um, St. Mark's that are in our diocese. Yeah. That is. Um, so I invite you. Yeah, please check out our website. Uh, it's St. Mary's uh, Catholic School in Sherman. And, um, you'll get a lot of information there and you get to see a lot of what the, our kids are doing. Cause we're, we've taken our websites and we're making it a little bit more modern where you can actually see the daily life of our kids and you can see some of the podcasts and some of the videos that they're making oh, cool. out there. So that, that's awesome. <laughs> Our, our mass times are Saturday at 4.30 in English, and that's set up for people 60 and above. Uh, we want to get them to feel secured and have an opportunity for them to come to mass. Um, and at 7 p.m. in Spanish on Saturday, again, that's set up for our senior citizens. And then on Sunday, we have a 9 a.m., and that's a family mass in English, 12.30 in Spanish. And then we actually just added a young young adult high school mass at 4.30 on Sunday. And that's to give the younger the younger crowd uh, an opportunity to have their own music and have their own flair of oh, um, yeah. mass. Oh, cool. yeah. So the homilies are all different. We make sure that we're, we're preaching to that crowd and making yeah. sure that the messages are, are, 
are relevant to them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot's going on at the parish yeah. and the school. Exciting times. Uh, we'll have to get an update from you in uh, a few months and see how things are going. But thank you so much. I know it's a bit of a drive to, to come out here to the studio, but really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Uh, Father Martin Castaneda, again, uh, priest only for, what, three or four years? Wow. Oh, it'll be four years in June. <clears throat> in June. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for the visit. Four and years. again, uh, check out the school. Check out the masses. They're at St. Mary's, St. Anne's Parish in Sherman, and um, we appreciate you coming. Thanks also to Sissel, and if you have uh, suggestions for future interviews, dear listeners, uh, please get a hold of me through my email address, Palmer at grnonline.com, and don't forget to pray for Father Martin and all of our priests, our seminarians, and I know they're praying for us, and so we appreciate that very much. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.